Welcome to Get Hired in Cybersecurity with your host, Io Adiojo. Need more help getting into cybersecurity? Check out my website at gethiredincybersecurity.com and follow me on LinkedIn for more tips. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Get Hired in Cybersecurity. Today, we have a special guest today, Katya Dean, uh, cybersecurity uh, resume writer, as well as a blockchain enthusiast. Katya, thank you so much for taking your time to, to be here today. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I guess uh, for our listeners, can you tell us a bit about yourself and um, how you found your way into uh, cybersecurity? Yeah. So once again, uh, my name is Katia Dean. I earned the personal branding title voice of cyber pros because I found myself unemployed during the year of 2018-2019. Despite having two degrees and six years of experience, I still found myself struggling and trying to find employment. So during that time, I developed my blog site that I actually turned into a resume business, so KTS Style Life. And now I help up-and-coming cybersecurity professionals, students, and seasoned people get into cybersecurity with my resume services. And how I actually got started in cybersecurity is an interesting story. So for that, I actually was volunteering at a STEM event for young girls, and it was doing appreciation night where they was going over the workshops and they was talking about cybersecurity. And I heard nothing about cybersecurity. I didn't know anything about it. So I said, you know what? That sounds interesting. Let me volunteer next year. So I ended up volunteering at the workshop and I said, hmm, this might be something that I like to do, but I don't like programming. So let me see if it's a non-technical side of cybersecurity. Did some research and decided to get my master's in cybersecurity technology from University of Maryland, University College, and I graduated in 2017. Excellent, excellent. Wow, it's uh, similar to, um, you know, a lot of people's stories. Uh, I I didn't know anything about it either, and I actually saw a hospital get hacked, and I enrolled, and um, that's good on you for, uh, you know, understanding more about the field, doing your own research as well. Uh, and, and pushing forward. That's great to hear. Um, I guess in regard to the assistance you provide uh, aspiring cybersecurity professionals, as, as well as more experienced ones, what are some of the, some what are some of the problems you see with people's resumes? Oh, I have a long story. No, so, <laughs> so <laughs> what I'm noticing a lot about people's resumes is the is the following. So one format issues so when I mean format sometimes some people are not realizing that the font size might change so you have one size bigger than the other and because I look at resumes a lot I see that often another thing I'm noticing is that people do not use the correct tense so if they currently work at a job they normally have the action verb in past tense so you have to be aware of that. Another mistake that I'm finding is that a lot of people do not use powerful action verbs. A lot of people use the same repetitive action verbs. So for example, 
one resume I was looking at is that responsible for at least five times. And I said, okay, you need to switch this up. Another thing I noticed is that a lot of people just think that listing your responsibilities is what your resume is supposed to be about, but that's not the case. You really want to make sure that you are focusing on the accomplishments that you did in that particular role. And you don't have to list everything under the sun. You want to keep it to at least three to five bullet points because recruiters only have six and a half seconds to look at your resume. Those are like the most common things that I see all the time. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, I, it's kind of painful when, uh, you know, I've, I've had I've had that uh, experience where people send me their resumes and um, it's just not ready to be used for, um, you know, searching for jobs. And I think a lot of us or uh, aspiring cybersecurity professionals really try to get all the buzzwords in and beat the ATS not knowing that there's an actual human being on the other side who wants to, you know, who's who's looking at the resume for, you know, 6.5 seconds, like you said, because there's tons of resumes to review in that given day. And um, it's it's important that the resume looks, looks good. I mean, you know, if you format the resume properly, uh, and there's so many tools out there that you can use to format your resume. So that's one thing I, I, I agree with you 100 percent on. Um, and then you said something about listing what, what people believe resumes to be. They believe it's about listing their responsibilities, but that's not the case. It's, it's really about showing your impact and uh, really showing how you benefit the company, because a lot of people can get roles, um, but showing how you improved you know metrics within the company uh, is very important so I, I guess um what are some roadblocks that candidates might have in, in improving their resume like there seems to be a misunderstanding of what a resume is yeah so some roadblocks i have noticed as well especially if you have people that's transitioning into cybersecurity or just in a different industry period is that they really don't focus on how am I getting to this next level? People come to me often, KT, can you help me with my resume? I'm trying to get into cybersecurity, but I'm transitioning from, example, healthcare industry. So I say, okay, you do have some transferable skills from the healthcare industry, but what have you learned outside of your day job that makes you interested in cybersecurity because I could revamp your current resume make it look good but if you are not showing the employer or showing the company this is what I'm learning I'm interested in cybersecurity I'm interested in the speaking threat hunting side great have you did any try hack me challenges have you watched any YouTube videos? Do you work with any of those tools? If not, I honestly can't help you too much because you're not even helping yourself transition 
You just want to get in because it's the hot thing going on. So I think uh, that's a roadblock with resumes, honestly, especially if you're really trying to transition to a different field. Another thing that you touched on that I want to touch on as well, keywords. It's great that you have keywords because that will get you past the ATS system. However, if you just list, I'm going to say 30 plus keywords, just to get through the ATS system and you honestly don't know, let's just say you want to get a cloud engineering position and you decide to put Kubernetes, I should have never said that because I can pronounce this one. <laughs> uh, Kubernetes on here. I can't never pronounce that word, so forgive me, people. Look, the K word. Uh, if you put yeah, that, we know, we know. I know, right? If you put that on your resume and you honestly don't know it, and you're in an interview and they ask you about that now, and you really can't speak to it, now they're gonna say, okay, this was just a buzzword filler to get past ATS system. You really don't know this. So you honestly, and I tell people this when I do their resumes, I tell them in the in the uh, while I'm emailing them, I, I always say, I only put the skills that you know. I only put the tools that you know or that you are familiar with. You don't have to be an expert, but if you know the basics of that tool, then you can speak to it. You don't have to be an expert in every tool, but if you know the tool, I add it to your resume because you can speak to it. Now, if you had a project with that tool, hey, let's add it to your resume. That'd be one of your talking points in the interview. Excellent. Yeah, well, well said. Uh, you know, I, I think it, it's difficult um, coming in because, especially from those that aren't in the field, because a lot of these recruiters put a, a, quite a bit in the in the job description, right? And getting an understanding of what do they really need in that role might be difficult from the outside in. Um, and perfect point that you, you spoke to about if you put anything you put on the resume, you're going to have to back up, um, you know, at a moment's notice. And it could actually work against you, you know, when you're on the other side. Uh, you know, one question I had for you, and I believe would be very helpful to to our listeners is, uh, you know, what is the ideal resume? What's a resume? What are the traits of a resume that comes across a, a hiring manager's desk that really improve the chances of, of getting uh, an interview? I honestly don't think it's an ideal resume per se, because there are so many different formats that you could use. When I mean format, the way you structure the resumes. So depending on the way you put your name, email, phone number, of course, at the top, and then the way you might put your area expertise, or maybe you might have a summary, and then the way you describe or the way you format your work experience, projects, things of that nature. Because during my job search, I had to revamp my resume, I don't know how many times, and I literally have three different formats. I think I slipped down to two finally, but I have two different formats and both of those formats got me interviewed in a way. The reason why they got me interviews because it was clean, straight, well, I'm sorry, format wise, clean, easy on the eye. 
I didn't have any graphics, no, none of that uh, Canva stuff that you might see or the resume template, because sometimes that could be a little distracting. Now I will say, I will say this, in my experience, or just in general, if you're like a graphic designer or in a design field, then those Canva templates or resumes are great to have because hey like you're going for design road but if it's like the typical cybersecurity road they honestly don't want to see all that they just want to make sure they get the keywords that they're looking for because like, like we said before they're only scanning and then they'll decide if they want to call you or not or if you get past the ATS system so to answer your question there is no ideal resume per se you just need to make sure in your resume in general that you have impactful statements. You know the tools, whatever tools that you mentioned, you know how to speak to those tools, and then always have a second set of eyes. So if you try to do it on your own, that's great. But have like a friend or somebody else look it over for any grammar issues, anything like that. So thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Katia. Um, one thing I want to ask as well is uh, in, ter- in, in the experience section for candidates, um, you mentioned using powerful action verbs, the mistake of using um, the past tense and just, you know, being a little bit lazy and listing responsibilities. What could candidates do to improve the structure and uh, readability of their uh, experience section when it comes to listing what they've done in prior roles? So for their experience section of their resume, depending on whatever job you have, um, and I look like my little reference sheet. So for the bullet point in your resume, but in your experience at all, this is the formula that you want to use. So. A strong action verb. So when I mean a strong action verb, instead of saying led, responsible for, worked, that I cannot stand. (laughs) Um, Another word for led is either spearheaded, orchestrated, chaired, facilitated, things of that nature. Then the next thing you want to have your bullet point is what you did. And then what tools you use, like why you use those tools, what was the result? So when we say the quantitative data per se, so I'll give you an example here. One example that's a great bullet point is spearheaded a team of three interns in developing generalized Python, Red, scraping bots that calculated the entire course catalog at several universities and accurately stored the 500 plus courses into JSON files that were then stored in MongoDB. Excellent. Yep. Excellent. I, uh, I really appreciate that answer uh, because that, that really does go above and beyond uh, even on mine, I, I totally understood, um, you know, what was used in terms of tools, uh, you know, the responsibility that was placed without using the word responsible. 
um, what you did and, and also the results. Um, you know, being result oriented in, in, in these bullet points is so helpful in just showing the impact that, you know, you make uh, within an organization uh, because, you know, anyone could really, not anyone, but you can work at a company, but what, what recruiters might want to see is the impact and results you, you, you've made uh, for that company. So great, great answer. Thank you, Katya. Yeah. And I'd say uh, in regards to, I get this question sometimes too, um, about like extracurriculars, how much of, of oneself should be shown? Because at one point, you know, there, there are, uh, you know, the important things, right? Like, um, you know, educational background, responsibilities for prior roles. Um, is it okay to add, you know, extracurriculars and um, personal interests? And how, how, what, what are your thoughts on that? So for your resume, extracurricular activities, no, they don't care that you golf or skiing. You don't want to add that to your resume. But what you do want to add is maybe you attended a, because everything is virtual now, online. So maybe you attended a webinar during Cybersecurity Awareness Month. You can have a section that's called, I'm gonna call it professional development. Professional development, you will have a title, webinars. You will name the webinar that you attended. And then you can have one or two sentences on what you learned during that webinar. So one that shows the recruiter hey, this person is actually learning about the field. They attended this webinar. Once again, that could be another speaking point in your interview. So this is great for people who just starting out. They're trying to find themselves. And instead of saying, oh, I don't have all the experience. Instead of saying, I don't have the experience. You could just say, I'm currently in this field. The things that I have done so far is that I attended this webinar during October, during Cybersecurity Awareness Month, and this is what I learned in this webinar. So that's a, yep. So that's a great way to add extracurricular stuff, but you want to add a heading on your resume that's called Professional Development, and add the webinars you're attending. You also want to add any online courses that you're I mean, excuse me, that you're enrolled in. So, for example, we have link, we have LinkedIn Learning, Udemy, Library, YouTube University, <laughs> uh, all that that you can add to your resume to show that you are learning. Excellent, excellent. Thank you so much, Katia. Um, so, I'm I'm I do have your, your website here, and I do want to touch on other things. I know we spoke a lot about resumes, but I know that's not what you're limited to in terms of what you offer to your clients. Um, can we talk about your you know digital resume and and building um, that for for clients? Can you speak to that a bit? Yeah. So the digital resume is basically what I do is for that is that I craft your regular resume, your paper resume. And then you will work with my marketing guru specialist, Nia. She will help you with your branding of that digital portfolio. So basically your website. So just like I have a blog, it would be a digital 
website that employers could go to to look up excuse me to look up your information so you can have your resume on there you can have a blog section that you can start blogging or maybe you blog make videos you can add that to this site as well and then that's basically your show and tell so most of the time i'm seeing a lot of applications noting what's your website or maybe what's your github so this is for so the digital portfolio is also great for people who like me who don't code i don't have a github i don't code so i have the digital digital portfolio resume that i could add to the application and they could see oh you know what she wrote a blog about blockchain great she wrote a blog about interviewing tips so that's just the added bonus to the resume services then like i said before you'll be working with my marketing guru so you'll know about branding personal branding which is very important because as i tell people you are more than your job but one you more than your job the company everything you still have to build your own personal brand outside of work well yeah well well said i i i think this is really the the level two to the level one you provide with the resume you know if you have that resume built perfectly you know what use is it if no one kind of knows what you're doing or, or where you are uh, branding is is that second piece of that to leverage that resume to leverage the skills you you, you were able to summarize in, in a great way um i guess for our listeners and and because i say it all the time but might need to hear it from someone else especially you who's worked with people regarding this how important is branding and, and leveraging sites like linkedin and social media and, and having an online presence to um our careers now oh branding is so important because when i was unemployed I realized I was just all about my job and I had nothing else to fall back on. So I lost my main source of income. So during that time, I'm finding myself, I call it. During that time, I'm finding myself, as I said before, I was helping people with their resumes because that kept me sane while I was also looking for a job myself. During that time, I was also building my personal brand without actually knowing it. So what I started doing was I was blogging, but I was sharing the, what are those things called? Uh, Bitmoji things. And the Bitmojis have a move for everything. And the way I describe stuff, sometimes I, I'm very um, animated. People tell me I'm animated. That's just my personality to a certain degree, especially when I'm passionate about something. And I just started sharing the little Bitmojis, whatever mood I was in, I would share it. And people would start inboxing me and say, Hey, Tip. I always come to your feed and I always look for your uh, emoji to come on my screen because they're just so hilarious because I never know which one to expect from you because you have a move for everything. And I was all like, oh, people actually like these things. Like, I was just doing it because I thought it was funny myself. So, it was like, whatever. <laughs> so, I ended up building my personal brand that way. Start off with my little bitmoji, my little captions, and then that developed of course to my website and then as i mentioned before since i was sharing my experience with the cybersecurity workforce and what i was going through and the patterns i was noticing they said katia you know you need to hashtag voice of cyber pros so that's the part of my brand as well so establishing a brand is very important 
as you can see, again, I'm on your podcast, so my brand is helping me out with being on various people's podcasts. I actually won the 2020 ISC Square Global Rising Star Award for my uh, resume business, KT's Side Life. So my personal brand, once again, helped again, along with my business. So it's very important to establish a personal brand. Excellent. And I would say, how, how can, you know, someone listening who, because, you know, we got to be real, maybe about 2% of people post regularly on LinkedIn or leverage it. So a large majority of our listeners might not be that uh, in, in, I guess, our um, framework in terms of posting regularly. How, how can one start doing that? What should they look to post? Because a lot of people feel like they have nothing to offer because they're so new. Um, or they don't know enough to, to provide anything of value to, the, to, you know, I guess the internet. Before I built my personal brand, I had my LinkedIn for a good six years and I never used it kind of probably like everybody else because I said, um, oh, have no value in this. I, I really don't have value. But then when I found myself like, okay, I need to find a job. The first thing I ended up sharing was when I attended this cybersecurity, oh, what was it called? Cyber Maryland. Uh, I think it was like Cyber Maryland 2017. And at the time, oh, I got focused on this too. So at the time, I had went with my mentor. We were talking about this too. But at the time, I had went with my mentor for this cybersecurity event. And I was all like, oh, I don't know what to put on my LinkedIn. So my mentor at the time had mentioned, you know, write a blog about the event. That'd be your first post. So that was my first post, writing a blog about the event. I got some followers that way. People commented. And I just started posting all the time about my experience, what I was learning, things that I nature. Now I will say when I was looking for a job, I lived and breathed on LinkedIn. I probably was posting maybe every single day, every other day. I still do it now to a certain degree, but I fall back here and there because certain stuff I honestly don't like to repeat myself. <laughs> so I fall back here and there until I get like an idea that I want to talk about that I'll post them. But people could basically honestly just start off with, sometimes it could be just sharing an article that you find interesting. You can share the article, write a little caption. What did you learn from that article? And that's be your first post. And you would be surprised who will comment on that post or who will actually read the post and have just basically a conversation with you within that chat, which will actually build up that post and more followers will find you as well. I mean, more connections will probably reach out to you as well. Yeah, yeah, well said. I, I actually really love the LinkedIn algorithm. It's so generous in terms of the amount of views, likes. Um, and, and this is something that really can't be said for you know Instagram or even Facebook. It's really pay to play over there in terms of exposure. Um, but if you you know really work, not even work hard, but have a great idea and share your perspective, you know, it, one person finds it and you know, that one person has connections that they're, you know, might have common interest with. So then three people find it, then those three people have three people in their network that like it. And it's just a network effect that, that LinkedIn has. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. 
Um, I wanted to talk about br briefly your, your book, um, and I love the title, The Struggle is Real, A Blueprint to Excelling into the Cybersecurity Discipline. Can you speak more about that for our listeners and, and what made you want to uh, write this uh, blueprint? Yeah, so in my ebook, I share my ups and downs of being unemployed for nine months, my interviewing prep, what I learned. I also share nine other cybersecurity professional stories to let people know that there is no linear path to get to cybersecurity. You can get into cybersecurity from any industry. You don't have to be technical. You be not te technical, a college dropout, a teacher, healthcare person whatever the case may be. And I ended up writing that book because my mentor has said, hey, Katia, oh, shout out to Dr. C. Hey, Katia, you know, you have a lot of content for my blogs to write an ebook. And I said, Dr. C, I don't have time writing a book. Like I have just so much stuff going on. He said it, and then somebody else told me, and then somebody else told me. So I'm that person, when I hear something three times, I'm like, okay, I gotta do it. So I just ended up <laughs> writing my book. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, glad to hear. I, lo I love just the, you know, you're, you're keeping it real with this in terms of the title, I, I love it. Um, I even see the, the chapters and it's great. You know, anyone listening, feel free to check out uh, Caddy's website. I'll post a link in the description. Um, I also wanted to talk about this last thing as well, because you know you're very resourceful to to others. And uh, in interview prep. You know, I wanted to talk about interview prep. What are some of the challenges that candidates face when going in for interviews? Oh, a lot. So one, nervous. We we always have nerves. I still have nerves when I'm going interviews. The one thing I know before I have an interview is that. I do research on a company. So I probably take two or three bullet points about the company, what I actually like about the company. If, it, if it's the culture of the company, do I see myself there? Things of that nature. Then, because everything is virtual, online, you can have your notes. So normally how I prep for an interview, I have to get my meditation mood music on. I like my little lo-fi beats put one of those things on, clear my mind a little bit. And I normally craft my little blurb, my little sales pitch of what I'm going to say. Make sure that I'm sticking to the points of the job description and make sure that aligns to my past experience. Making sure that I have good three examples to share about my work experience and how it aligns to that job. And then just overall, and then sometimes I'll go a step further depending on the company because everyone is at home now. So actually doing informational interviews with people that work there would give you an insight into how the company culture is as well. Like, yes, you can read about it online, but to get the, I call it the real tea, it's better to ask an employee that works there. Yeah, I think uh, I have a saying: the game is to be sold, not told. But Kata, you 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 uh, you really gave some real game here about the informational interviews. It's so underutilized in terms of actually just finding some just finding somebody at the company. 
you know, I, I don't want to get too heated about this because I'm passionate. This, this, what you said here, I'm passionate about because instead of asking somebody at a company, can you, you know, help me get hired? Uh, just ask them, hey, can you tell me about your role at such and such company? What's it like? And that gives you that that that's like a trifecta of information because it, it hits so many goals. It hits the goal of you networking because you network with somebody at the company. It hits the goal of you understanding what it's like working at the company. And it hits the goal of you leveraging that information you get to decide whether you want to work there or not during an interview. So th this is really the the most important action that I don't see. Um, people do much. I mean, I, I've posted on LinkedIn a numerous amounts of time and I've ne I've only got one person reach out to me to ask what I do at my company and what it's like to work there or maybe one to two people. Right. And that, that really is, is one thing listeners, you know, as, as you know, Katia, Katia said, um, this is a huge competitive advantage to interviews, networking. It's it's so underutilized. I, I really can't believe how underutilized it, underutilized it is. And uh, you know, we're, we're we're definitely telling you here and now that uh, if you can and, and to to get that tea, that, that's that's. I mean, you got to get that tea because you don't know what you're walking into. Um, interviewers could really just sell you a dream, right? They could, if they, you don't know what happened, right? Like you don't know if somebody just got fired just quick because they, they, they didn't like the job or if the, the culture is toxic, but if you go to somebody and there's nothing to gain or lose from talking to them and you know, you just ask them questions like how you like working there, what's it like? And you get the real tea. I mean, that helps you out. So yeah, well said, we'll say it to you. Thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, thank you so much for that. And um, yeah, I know there's just so much to talk about. Um, so, you know, there's so many topics to touch on, um, which I wish I, you know, really do appreciate. But I guess lastly, um, what what is your advice to those transitioning into cybersecurity? Because I know those that maybe have a technical background already or maybe a bit um, younger, so to speak, in terms of um that, that kind of option to go to college or um, th that time, you know, being young with, with their parents, like what guidance do you, would you have for those transitioning into transitioning into cyber? What should they expect? Because it's hard uh, to, to make expectations, right? I guess when you, when, you know, you have a degree or, you know, you, you study in one field for a while, you, you know, you have expectations on how to get in and, how to get to the next level. Um, but I guess for those transitioning, what should they, what should they expect? One thing is uh, that I try to get people to understand is that you have the transferable skills to get into cybersecurity. You just need to understand what industry you want to focus on. I'll give you a prime example. I am a, um, program manager slash system engineer. So I have a lot of program manager, project management skills. However, I'm in the government industry. So I have all these program manager, project manager skills that I could utilize 
to get into the blockchain crypto industry that I'm interested in, that I'm speaking to the universe that I will get in by next year. I'm trying to say by December, that's kind of pushing it because I forgot about the holiday. So <laughs> next year, mark my word people, I will get into the blockchain crypto space as a project manager. And the reason why I say that is because I'm looking at all the job descriptions in this space. I'm like, oh yeah, I do that on a regular. I know how to facilitate meetings. I know how to coordinate with stakeholders. Now where I have to learn is the basics of the blockchain, the basics of NFTs or non-fungible tokens. And as long as I have that basic knowledge and that passion to learn, I'm able to transition into that industry. So this happens all the time. I hear it all the time and it gets on my nerves. Um, so a lot of people say, and you hear this all the time too, I want to get into cybersecurity. I want to get into cybersecurity. And I'm usually like, okay, why? Like, what is your why? Not why because it's the hottest thing out here. Not why because you can make a lot of money. Things of that nature. Not why because my cousin told me to get in it. So I want to get in it too. And the reason why you need to know your why. Because in interviews, that's your story. Like That's you telling your story. How you was interested. This is what I like to do. Things of that nature. I will also say, if you do not like to learn, don't get in this industry because you will always learn. I'm learning still, and I have two degrees. And always learning. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Katia, for that. Um, you know, that, that why is very important because it, it's, it's really what's going to sustain you um, through the ups and downs. Uh, because there, there, there will be ups and downs in terms of motivation. And it's just the natural progression of life and any any new endeavor that anyone wants to get into. And, you know, that why is something that's very important. Um, I did a, did an episode with somebody and he he actually um, was getting into the field, too. And and he had a why and, and his, his first uh, he, he did. He created a, a program that outputs text. That was his first assignment. And he put his uh, wife's and daughter's name, um, you know, as motivation as to as to why to, to provide a better life and, you know, just having that motivation. So it's very important listeners to have a why and, you know, just be honest with yourself, you know, why are you getting into this field? And that's really what's going to sustain you all the way through in it. And if you don't have that identified, um, you, it, it's going to be hard to last. Um, and, and that's, that's really true. Um, yeah, and, and you know, I guess lastly, since we're rounding up, can you kind of speak more to uh, this uh, this interest you have in blockchain? I, I think this is a great uh, kind of example of you know, if you're in cybersecurity, um, your skills don't necessarily have to end there. Um, it could be a gateway to other things and a pathway, and um, it, it's 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 not the end all be all. You can, you can still get into the field and you can also, you know, look into different things as well. It could be, it could be a, a, uh, I guess step to someone's journey as well, 
which is what a lot of people might not understand. Because uh, personally, for me, I'm I'm transitioning into sales. Actually, I'm selling cybersecurity services. Nothing technical at all. So, can you also speak to that? Your uh, your interest in, in blockchain? Yeah. So, in like in 2019, I started investing in crypto, and my friend had told me about Dogecoin, Dogecoin, however you pronounce it. And I didn't know anything about it. I was like, okay, let me let me buy some Dodge. And this year it has skyrocketed up into to what, 75 cent. Um, I had got it when it was seven cents. So I was like, oh man, I'm really doing some things out here. <laughs> but I really wasn't like deep dive trying to really understand the cryptocurrency aspect. So this year I took it upon myself and I said, you know what? Let me learn something new. Let me learn about the blockchain. I keep hearing about it. And I also keep hearing about NFTs. And I just know an NFT is not a JPEG. But I know there's some technology behind it. I just know it. So last month in November, the first thing I had did was I did some research on YouTube to find a basic, simple, what is blockchain video? And I was like, okay, this makes sense a little bit, like what the blockchain is. I wonder what else I could learn. And I was still online researching and I came across this LinkedIn post about, um, I don't know, it's about like a crypto recruiter and she was on this podcast and I was listening to her talking about candidates and how she found candidates. And she had mentioned about Someone could have the same skill set, but if someone has a certification in blockchain, I'm going to reach out to them. And I'm like, it's a certification in blockchain? Like, I didn't know. So I was like, okay, let me tell you about myself again. Let me do some more research. So I went to Blockchain Console and I saw that they had a blockchain certification. And then I also saw they had an NFT expert certification. I looked at the syllabus, like the outline of the course. I was like, okay, well, you will learn some basic knowledge of the blockchain, and then it would tell you about NFTs. Now, I already invested in NFTs, but I invested in NFTs on the Solana blockchain, so Sol versus ETH Ethereum blockchain, because I didn't have those, I don't have those guys. That was too hot. So, <laughs> So I said, you know what, let me actually learn some more about this and let me get the certification. So I ended up getting a certification. But prior to that, I said, before I get the certification, let me look to see what job titles or roles they say you could get with this certification. So I looked and I said, okay, well, they say I could be a blockchain developer, but I know blockchain blockchain developer has more other stuff I don't want to do, like coding. So I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, but I did see it was a blockchain project manager. So I said, okay, that makes sense because you will have project manager elements, but you're working in the blockchain industry. So I took the time upon myself to learn that I'm still learning. I'm learning every single day. I have to learn new terminology. I have to understand. I'm on, uh, I don't know how many Discord channels learning and Understanding the synthesis, what's going on, what does this acronym mean? Excuse me, what does acronym mean? And things of that nature. So that's how I actually found myself 
going down the blockchain rabbit hole <laughs> and trying to learn. Yeah, great to hear. Great to hear. It's very, it's very inspiring. And, you know, I guess for our listeners, like, you know, if you're in cyber, you, you're always open to new opportunities and it, it could just be a stepping stone. So, again, it's not the end all be all. You learn a lot, but like like Katia said, you keep learning, you keep learning. And, you know, it, it's, it's a progression, right? And you have that spirit within you where, oh, what's the cyber, you know, what's cybersecurity? And then you, you got educated in cybersecurity. You know, and then just like then, nothing changed. Uh, blockchain, well, what's, what's going on with blockchain? And you educated yourself on it. So just just great to hear, great to see. And it's definitely, a, you know, something that is needed, just the ability to learn over and over again throughout your career. Um, so I guess, um, is there anything you, you, you'd like, uh, I guess lastly, as we round up to, to tell uh, our listeners here? I do want to touch on one thing. And hopefully I'll make it over with this statement. <laughs> but because I know I just missed the certification. I want to tell people this now. It does not matter if you have a certification, no certification, a degree versus no degree. At the end of the day, you have to basically create your own lane. Yes, it will be hard. Yes, you will get frustrated. You might cry. But at the end of the day, don't give up. Create your own lane and don't compare yourself to others. Hmm. Well said, well said. Create your own lane. Don't compare yourself to others. Well, well, well said, Katia. And uh, I do appreciate your time today. Where can our listeners find you? Oh, yes. Listeners, you can find me on Twitter at Katia Silai. You can follow me on LinkedIn at Katia Dean. You can go to my website, ktiasilife.tech, to read about my resume services and also read about my blog and also purchase my ebook. Oh, and also my, um, sorry, in my YouTube channel at ktiasilife, subscribe to that. I have my course on there that's called uh, Finding Your Cybersecurity Path Using the NIST. 800-181 cybersecurity workforce publication that I live and breathe. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. I'll, I'll leave a link to, in the description for all those links so that um, and listeners, if you're interested in, in reaching out to Katia for her services or want to know more about, about her, it'll be in the description. Thank you so much for your time today. It was a pleasure speaking with you, Katia. You too. You have a good evening. You as well. You as well. Bye now. Bye.